Tech Writer Worldwide. It's the High Tech Podcast in plain English with an hour's worth of news in about 20 minutes. That's because we leave out the commercials, the station breaks, the sports, and most of the jingles. Podcast number 757 for the 20th of August, 2021. This week's podcast is all about replacing cable television with streaming options, starting with a look at over-the-air options, streaming devices, and streaming services. In Short Circuits, we'll continue by considering what's involved in setting up a streaming device, adding a streaming service to it, and establishing your preferred channels. Then let's think about the hoops you'll have to jump through to convince your cable provider that you no longer want their television offerings. In spare parts, only on the website, there are lots of hidden features that come with video streaming, so I'll mention a few that seem useful. Trying to avoid what seemed like a difficult project kept me connected to cable television for far too long. If you're wary of the work involved, let me refer you to a few websites that can help. And 20 years ago, Egghead, which closed all of its stores in 1998 and became Egghead.com, went out of business in 2001 and sold assets to Fry's. I'm late to the cable cutting trend, but I started looking seriously at the options when my internet service provider hiked the price by more than 40% in July. It was time to get rid of cable television. If you've already done this, you probably won't find much that's new in this week's podcast. But if you have been on the fence for a while, annoyed by rapidly rising fees from cable companies, maybe this will help. I reached the enough-is-too-much stage when my cable bill increased by 42% in June. It had been $152 for several months, then it jumped to $216. We had changed nothing. We have modest requirements. The internet speed is 100 megabits per second, and the company manages to come close to that speed most of the time, even exceeds it occasionally. We have three televisions, only two of which are attached to cable boxes. The medium cable plan is $100 per month. The internet service adds $50. The two cable boxes add a total of $14. We're also being charged more than $21 as a broadcast TV fee for channels that we could watch over the air. And a $5 per month sports surcharge. My wife usually watches the Super Bowl, mainly for the commercials. I don't watch even that. Last year's $125 fee was too high. Then it was raised to $152, so that was worse. But $216? That was enough to break through the inertia. There are lots of publications and websites that deal with replacing cable television, and an increase of nearly $800 per year was enough to get my attention. I watch very little television, but I do use the television to watch DVDs. My wife has two sets, one of which is attached to a cable box, and she watches a lot of television. I didn't care much about what would be included and what might not, but I knew that Phyllis had channels and networks that she wanted to keep, so I asked for a list. Eleven networks were on the list. 
So the first place to look is what you can receive over the air for free. We already knew that we could receive four or five primary local channels, even with just an indoor antenna, and that most of the 47 sub-channels would provide good signals, maybe even better than what we get via cable, because cable systems have to degrade the signals a bit. So we would be able to drop cable television and depend solely on over-the-air signals. That would reduce the cost from more than $200 per month to about $65 per month but it would also eliminate the 11 networks my wife wanted. If you'd like an estimate of which over-the-air signals are available where you live, check out the Channel Master website. There's a link from the TechBiter Worldwide website. The antenna manufacturer lists signals that are strong enough to be received using an indoor antenna and those that may require an outside antenna. I found that list to be pretty accurate. So then you need to fill in the blanks with a streaming service. There are lots of streaming services such as YouTube TV, Hulu, Philo, Fubo, Sling, and more than 50 others. I decided to take a look at YouTube TV, Hulu, and Philo, and then later added Fubo. Where do they get these names? YouTube TV offers more than 100 channels, and it looked like the clear winner until I noticed that two of the networks my wife wanted weren't available on the $65 per month service. Hulu has about 60 channels, but the same two channels that YouTube TV didn't have were also missing from Hulu. If we combined Hulu at $65 a month and Philo at $25 a month, we'd have everything Phyllis wanted. So although Fubo positions itself as a sports service, I decided to take a look at it. Fubo at $65 a month, same price as YouTube TV and Hulu, but it was missing only one of the networks my wife wanted, and she said that'd work for her. So then it was time to identify a streaming service. And we'll come back to that missing channel in a moment. I ruled out Apple TV immediately because, first of all, it's expensive, $180 each, and we would need one for each of the three televisions, and because I don't buy into the Apple ecosystem except for an aging MacBook Pro and an iPad. Two sites provided good reviews for the hardware, Tom's Guide and CNET. I've included links to those on the TechBiter Worldwide website if you're looking. That left devices by Amazon, Roku, Google, and NVIDIA. And one of the first things I discovered is that Roku offers free access to the one network Phyllis wanted but Fubo didn't have. My younger daughter had cautioned against Roku because she and her husband owned two devices that couldn't be upgraded. They dumped cable service several years ago. When I checked Roku's website, I found there are almost 20 devices currently being manufactured, 23 that are no longer being made but can be updated to the current firmware, and 14 legacy devices that can no longer be updated. The legacy devices are all relatively old, and have minimal specifications. Eventually, I selected the Roku Streaming Stick Plus because it has voice support in its remote control and it supports 4K televisions. We have no 4K televisions, but it seemed reasonable to spend an extra 10 bucks per device to future-proof the purchases as much as possible. The Streaming Stick Plus also includes an external antenna that's housed in the power cable. The objective is to provide better Wi-Fi reception in more distant rooms. CNET rated the Roku Streaming Stick Plus third, slightly behind the Roku Express 4K Plus and the Chromecast with Google TV. 
Tom's Guide gave the Roku Streaming Stick Plus top marks, followed by Chromecast with Google TV and the NVIDIA Shield TV 2019 model. I purchased three Roku Streaming Stick Plus devices for a total of $120, and when they arrived, I signed up for a seven-day trial of Fubo. Installing the Roku device turned out to be absurdly easy. I plugged the stick into the HDMI port on the television, then plugged the power supply in and attached its cable to the stick. If the television has a USB port that provides sufficient power, the power supply can be omitted, but Roku recommends using the power supply even if a USB port on the television is sufficient. Next, I just turned the television on and selected the input with the Roku device and inserted batteries into the remote control, then followed the on-screen instructions for pairing the remote to the stick. That's it. You need to create a Roku account and then organize the services that Roku provides, but there are on-screen instructions for that. And if you've signed up for a streaming service such as Fubo, you'll need to add that service to your Roku device. If you find these podcasts useful, and I hope you do, might you consider a donation? There are no ads here, and support from listeners is the sole source of income. It's easy. Just visit the website and click the Donate button near the top of any page. You can make a one-time donation or schedule a repeating donation every month. I thank you. And so does the cat. In Short Circuits, continuing the cable-cutting theme, let's take a look at optimizing the Roku streaming device and organizing the Fubo streaming service. By itself, Roku offers some streaming options, both free and paid, but most of the streaming channels, programs, and motion pictures we'll watch will be served by Fubo. Phyllis and I will share the Fubo account, the free videos offered to Amazon Prime users, and Netflix. Each of these has options for setting up users within the account. For Roku, though, we decided to each have individual accounts. Within a single Roku account, there is no option for identifying individual users, so any changes made to one Roku device will be replicated on all of the other Roku devices linked to that account. I like change. Phyllis tolerates change. It's possible to change background images and themes used on the Roku screen. I've already changed the theme, and I know that my favorite channels won't be her favorite channels. Better still, any changes Phyllis makes on the Roku device linked to either of her televisions will be replicated on the other. So she'll have consistency across her devices. That makes it a double win. Before setting up the Fubo streaming service, I corralled the free channels I wanted from Roku. That seemed logical to me, but you might skip that step, come back to it later, and start working on the streaming service's favorites. For me, the Roku channel was an obvious first step. You'll find a constantly changing variety of old TV shows, news, and classic films. Uh, yes, there are commercials. I watched the first two episodes of The A-Team from 1983, then I added Crackle, which shows mainly big-budget movies, yes, with commercials. 
Another free streaming service that looked interesting is Tubi, with lots of movies and TV series programs. The TED channel is available. It's, of course, easy to find elsewhere, but adding it to the Roku main screen makes it easily accessible. Peacock offers free access to mainly NBC programs, but not from the current season unless you subscribe, and it's fairly costly, so we didn't subscribe. Adding Turner Classic Movies revealed something I didn't know. There's a West Coast feed and an East Coast feed. You can watch either of the live streams, and you can pick from a variety of on-demand motion pictures, too. I linked Netflix and Amazon Prime Video to the Roku main page. I subscribe to Netflix, and my Amazon Prime membership provides access to some free videos. Not a whole lot, but some. Although we're not using YouTube TV, I did place a YouTube link on the Roku main page because our cat really likes to watch free squirrel and chipmunk videos that are carried on YouTube. Sometimes, though, she prefers to watch the reflection of the videos in the glass of a framed photograph on the opposite wall. This is cat logic. Both the Roku channel and Fubo can be viewed on various computers and mobile devices. Fubo's basic plan is limited to three simultaneous streaming services, but there are only two of us, three with the cat. For an extra $5 a month, families can operate up to 10 simultaneous streams. If you do that, you're going to need some more internet bandwidth, though. With more than 100 channels to choose from, it's a good idea to set Sama's favorites so they'll appear at the beginning of the homepage list and at the top of the schedule page. The schedule view, or guide, shows what's coming up on the current day and for up to one week in the future. There are also panels for sports, shows, and movies. After selecting favorites, it's easy to move them around so that the channels you watch most frequently are the first ones you'll see. Each user has their own set of favorites, and both the initial setup and ongoing modifications are easy. I delayed making the call to the internet service provider for several days. It seems that the process of discontinuing any service has become arduous, because top management often mandates that customer service representatives cannot take no for an answer. Many companies make it virtually impossible to cancel a service by forcing the customer to decline offers several times. Well, the process was much easier than I thought it would be. The call lasted for 8 minutes and 36 seconds, with the first minute and a half or so being occupied by confirming my identity. Here's an edited version of the call. Hi, and thank you for calling WOW. We're here to connect you to your world through reliable services that make life easier. So let's get started. If you are currently a WOW customer or are in the process of connecting WOW services, press 1. The street number... Is associated with account number. Here at WOW, we're always looking to improve. Your call may be monitored or recorded for quality or training purposes. Thank you for all wow. My name is Christian. It's a pleasure speaking with today. Uh, hi, Christian. My name is Bill, and I wanted to let you know that uh, for my own purposes, uh, this call is being recorded, just as you are recording it. 
I definitely help you out there. So, and how can I help you with anything out today? What I'd like to do today is discontinue our cable TV service and retain the internet service. Okay, we can certainly make the change to just internet there, sir. It's not a problem at all. Um, you're just not really using the TV very much, or? We're switching to uh, a streaming surface. In right now, it looks like you just have the basic 100 megabyte per second internet speed, and I mean, we would honestly recommend at least the 500 megabytes if you're gonna do any kind of streaming service there, then I, I could certainly get you pricing on what that would be to do just that for the internet. Okay, well, it's, it's working properly now with what we're doing at uh, 100 megabits. However, I've, I've noticed uh, that some of my neighbors are, uh, are telling me they're getting 200 megabits downlink and 20 megabits uplink uh, for the same $50 a month. So I'm wondering uh, if I can get that price. With that, of course, the price you know, on the service there is certainly going to depend on what service you have and what's together an item. I can certainly check and see what I can do for the 200 megabyte pricing there. And another part of it is you are renting a modem from us there, which that is an additional $14 per month um, to rent that out from us. Uh, you can buy your own alternatively going forward there to eliminate that fee. But if you were to go to the 200 right now with, with the modem middle fee and everything, it looks like that would come out to $65.99. So it'd be 64 per month. Plus the tax, yes, sir. Right, plus tax and all the other stuff that gets added on. No problem there. Okay, that sounds good. Let's just uh, let's just go with that. Any more to make that effective uh, today, sir? No. Could we make that uh, effective the 27th of the month? Okay. Um, not a problem. Definitely an issue. But um, it won't let me post-state it in the system here. If you're not able to do this um, already today, um, you just have to call us back on that date. I'll have everything documented, so it won't be a problem. But you would have to call us back on the day you want the change actually made. Okay. Well, that, that actually is good in case we get delayed on this end. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. Uh, that's good. And uh, I presume once that's done, we can uh, just deliver the uh, the cable boxes back to your corporate drive location? You can, yes, sir. Okay. Uh, that sounds good. Okay. So I will call you back then uh, on the day we want to make that change. And uh, as you said, you've got it all documented there, so we should be good with that. Sure. Shouldn't have any uh, problems there, but uh, I guess... Uh, for the moment, then, was there anything else you need? <laughs> We're taken care of uh, for the moment, so thank you very much for your help. You're welcome, sir. I hope you have a good day there, sir. Thanks. You too. <laughs> Bye-bye. There was no pushback. None at all. That alone was a big surprise. Now, granted, the Internet service provider, WOW, is leaving the Columbus and Cleveland markets and selling its Ohio access to Atlantic broadband. Service areas in Chicago, Evansville, Indiana, and Anne Arundel, Maryland are also included in the nearly $2 billion deal. WOW will continue to serve customers in 14 service areas in Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Michigan, South Carolina, and Tennessee. WOW cannot schedule future service terminations, but the support person I spoke with said that he's documented the request, and all we need to do is call back on the day we want to terminate the service. The cost for our 100 megabits per second downlink speed with 10 megabits per second uplink service was $50. We still rent a cable modem for $14 a month. For the same price, we will now receive 200 megabits per second download with 20 megabits per second uplink. This should be more than adequate for our modest streaming needs. Typically, no more than two HD streaming sessions, possibly concurrent with an occasional upload or download. 
Online work, email, and the other usual Internet activity will consume relatively little bandwidth. So the bottom line is that our Internet and television fees will drop by about $100 per month. Not bad for a bit of research and a phone call. You won't consume much bandwidth reading spare parts, which is only on the website. This week you'll find these articles. There are lots of hidden features that come with video streaming, so I'll mention a few that seem useful. Trying to avoid what seemed like a difficult project kept me connected to cable television for far too long. If you're wary of the work that might be involved, let me refer you to a few websites that can help. And 20 years ago, Egghead, which closed all of its stores in 1998 and became Egghead.com, went out of business in 2001 and sold assets to Fry's. Thanks for listening to TechBiter Worldwide, the podcast with an hour's worth of technology news in about 20 minutes. I'm Bill Blinn. Be sure to check out the website, www.techbiter.com. And if you like, send me an email from there. See you next week.